Welcome to ID Podcast, guys. Thank you for joining us on the show today. We had a really great talk with Ellen Gendelman about an important topic and one that I'm sure you all have encountered at some point, but it is what to do when you think you are so right. And that never happens, right? You know, never you're never happens. right. Never happens. <laughs> always right. And the the greater context and and of the conversation is how to navigate the situation where your partner might be stuck on the fact that they're right about you doing something or not doing something, and you're getting into this argument. It's classic thing that happens in any kind of relationship where our ego and our history and everything that is involved in being a human being makes us feel like we need to win the argument and be the right person. And it can create a lot of conflict. And if you don't handle it correctly, it can be extremely toxic in the relationship. And Sarah and I get into a specific example that's pretty timely, just happened the other day of when we both thought that we were right about a situation and uh, Ellen helps us dissect it. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool to be able to use our own experience in this interview because I'm sure most of you will be able to, in one way or another, put yourself in either your position, either my position or Chase's position, and probably come up with the same resolution that we did. And that's learning that it's not about the actual situation or the content that you're arguing about. It's about the feelings that are making you feel that way. So yeah, it was a very, it was a cool experience. And I'm really excited that We'll be able to share that with you guys. And then Ellen did that example. And uh, just a little bit about Ellen. She's a psychotherapist, an author, a professional coach, has been working with um, and specializing with relationships for, what did she say? How many? Uh, well, she's been married for married 35, for 35 years. years. Um, so she's uh, very talented, very knowledgeable. And uh, we also found out that she is a... Um, matchmaker has matched almost 50 couples from first date to the wedding, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's a lot of experience. And like Sarah mentioned, you'll get a interesting insight into a specific problem that we had and how we solved it. And it involves mosquitoes. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you have to listen, find out. It's very trivial, but it's something that we all encounter in our relationships, seemingly trivial argument can feel so important and can lead to to issues that need to be resolved and resolved correctly. And uh, before we dive into the interview, just a reminder that today is the last interview before you can sign up for our Costa Rica Couples Retreat. So the deadline is February 1st. So if you have not signed up yet, head on over to our website at idopodcast.com. Click on the retreats tab at the top and you'll be able to find out all the information about the retreat as well as sign up. And we hope you join us because it's going to be an amazing week in paradise. We'll be doing some pretty awesome 
activities, uh, horseback riding, snorkeling, yoga, canopy tours, ATV tours, relationship exercises, and most importantly, relationship exercises. So we hope you join us. And thank you so much for listening to the show. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Leave us those reviews. Send us your feedback. Um, We appreciate you guys for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Ellen. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for inviting me. We've given our listeners a little overview, told them about your history in helping people improve their relationships. Why don't you tell us why you enjoy what you do so much? Absolutely. Thank you so much. I love the opportunity to speak about my passion, as I'm sure so many of us do. When I was a little girl, at seven, my father died. And my mother raised myself and my younger sister. I was seven, she was four at the time. And she told us repeatedly that even if she knew she would only have nine years to live with my father, it would have been worth it for the love that they shared. And it would have been worth it to give birth to her two little girls. So I think that the roots of a loving relationship and the impact that could even transcend life and death was planted then. And I just can't think of anything more important that can help people get through life with its beautiful moments that one wants to share and with its difficult moments that one needs to share than to be anchored in supportive, loving relationships. That is a beautiful story. And I'm a little teary-eyed because that is <laughs> got so, a little goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, so sweet and, and such a, a powerful thing. And, and, uh, it's, it's great that you've brought that, uh, kind of lesson into your life and, and you're helping people improve their relationships. So thank you for sharing that story. And, Today's topic is certainly going to help a lot of people, and it's one that I think you are not human if you don't encounter, um, but it's what to do when you are so sure that you are right about something in a relationship, and then this inevitably is leading to some conflict and perhaps an argument. And let's kind of dive right in, because obviously there are two sides of this. There's the person that thinks they're so right, whether that's the listener right now uh, saying that, or if they're dealing with a partner who is taking this attitude, or maybe oftentimes we both think we're right when we're going to an argument. So let's start with talking about the common maybe themes that, that this instance can come up, and then we'll talk about how we can best resolve it. Absolutely. But can I back you up just a little bit before we go there? Of course. I just want to thank you for responding so warmly to my story. That means so much to me. And for a man to publicly admit he was teary-eyed, well, (laughs) go to the head of the class. I'm soft. I'm a softie. (laughs) Okay. And now now I'm ready for your dive. (laughs) So... Where are we starting? Which question? We have two people, usually two people and three opinions at the very least, right? Where each person is absolutely sure that they're right. What I'd love to do, if either one of you are game, is to ask you to give me an example 
of any kind of dilemma that you've experienced, and I would love to show you rather than just tell you with your game. Absolutely. Yeah. Both of us are, are got our thinking caps on. As you said that, we're what like... What scenario? Hmm. <laughs> what do you think? Do we should we give you a scenario that we that we encounter? Yes, please give me you you give me any common scenario where Sarah you you are so sure you're right. After all, women are always right, right? Yes, and um, <laughs> and of course. Okay. Well, um, so there's we, another side. Yeah, we had um, a little bit of a tiff the other day about closing the sliding glass door about um well chase do you want to expand because you were the one that was you were upset with me about yeah not closing so this it. might not yeah i guess this <laughs> you, mean, you were the one that was wrong chase right uh well i think we both <laughs> thought we were right basically so so let's just let's Go lay it out it. there and then and then we can dissect it for sure. So uh, we live are currently living in Costa Rica. So I got to give context here. And the mosquitoes are really bad. And some of them carry, it's very rare, but no one likes getting bit by mosquitoes. Certainly some of them carry dengue fever. Very rare though. But anyway, so Sarah has a tendency to leave the door open when she goes in and out of the house. And, it, you know, longer than I would like and mosquitoes sometimes come in. So I said to her, you left the door open and, uh, you know, please just making her aware of that and, uh, try to close it next time. And that's really where the, the, uh, conflict started was, um, okay, Sarah's shaking her head. No, but <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the context. How it started, yeah. And then I said, um, oops, I, I'll try, I'll try to remember to do that and try to remember to close it, try to remember to close the door. And Chase didn't like my response of that. I will try. He, his response that he would prefer is just to say that I would do it. So our argument mm -hmm. about who was right or wrong here is it's not so much about. It's not black the, and it's white, not black like right and white but it's. I guess he didn't like my response and I didn't like how he was, how I felt he was trying to parent me about the situation. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Thank you very much. You gave me a great entry point. So Sarah, let's, let's start with you then. So when Chase, by the way, you guys married girlfriend or boyfriend, just so that I know who I'm speaking to. We are married for three years, been together for almost 10. Okay, beautiful. Okay, so Sarah, when Chase tells you, you know, can you please remember to close the door in the future, you know, how we feel about mosquitoes or however he said that, what were you feeling inside as he gave you that directive? I felt um, like uh, critiqued almost, because it's more of a constant reminder from him, like he's parent trying to parent me. Got you. So you felt the kind of belittled, you felt less than equal in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, we're away from the content. It's no longer about right or wrong leaving the door open. If I give you guys a form to fill out, 
do we like to leave the door open and allow mosquitoes to come in? I'm guessing you would both agree. Right. But when you felt demeaned, then there was a feeling of defensiveness towards the perceived criticism. And so then you didn't answer with the full commitment he wanted to hear. And when somebody's wanting a commitment, now this goes to Chase, right? If Chase, you say, well, Esther, can you be available at three o'clock on Wednesday afternoon for an interview? And I say, I'll try. And you're depending on having this guest on your radio show. I'll try doesn't cut it. Right. So then what were you feeling, Chase, inside when Sarah turned to you and said, I'll try. Right. Yeah. I was feeling like it wasn't that important to her. And and uh, yeah, because it's semantics, but when we it's so important semantics. Right. And I try I'll try. It was like I may or may not do it. But I've, I, so, you know, that's the way I took that. And uh, I was like, well, just do it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you're feeling, hmm, you know that this is important to me and you just give me a tentative response. So are my thoughts and feelings not so important to you? What's going on here? We're married. Our feelings are supposed to be important to each other. And once again, we've gone away from content at a point where you both agree. And the conflict is about the feelings of how you are to each other in the relationship. And this is exactly the perfect opportunity that so often you are both right. You are both right because you, Sarah, need to feel like an equal in the relationship, and that's valid. And Chase needs to learn to communicate with you, even if he's disappointed about something, in a way that speaks to that need to be equal. And you, Chase, have a valid emotional need to know that what's important to you is important to Sarah. So when we dig down into our emotional needs, there are valid needs where both of you can actually be right, and it's no longer about the content. And what happens to both of you when you take a step back and you understand that that's what was going on, not about the surface, but that's what was going on underneath? What happens now? Yeah, that, that's wants- that's kind of what we we got to. It took us a while, and you know, throughout all of this, I think it's important. Obviously, and you would say that that we're we're talking it out. I don't think it, it was never. We weren't raising our voices. We were definitely getting frustrated with each other. You know, we're human, but but we're talking it out and probably overanalyzing it. Thanks to having all this knowledge from the podcast, but it's a good thing to have that knowledge. But um, yeah, and then we both came out with me understanding that Sarah doesn't like to feel parented and that in the future I need to communicate that differently. Um, and then Sarah can... Uh, yeah, and, and then I, you know, I understood that by me saying I try, it made Chase feel like his feelings weren't important enough. So we we got to that point, but 
It wasn't easy. It was painful. (laughs) It it actually, it took us about an hour conversation and Chase's mom, who is also a therapist, um, was visiting us and was kind of listening on and and mediating your mom playing therapist (laughs) the conversation. (laughs) I I have to say it, it is not a good third party. And I told her this. <laughs> but I mean, she was kind of wearing her yeah, mom hat versus therapist hat. So it was, it wasn't, uh, I mean, it was a, it was a good experience. I mean, we, we ended up resolving it and, um, we, I think we've learned from it, but, um, does that answer your question? Absolutely. And did I answer your question? You did. Yeah. Yes. And, but I would say, and I think this is good to do it in the context of an actual disagreement because, I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to a similar, seemingly silly situation, um, but that that these are the things that that can boil up, and if you're not addressing it, can uh, can become a huge problem. Um, but absolutely. But I would say is we did kind of come to a a resolution, but um, I guess let's let's talk about. The, I mean, so so finally, to use the specific example, Sarah was like, "I I can't have you remind me. Like that's gonna feel belittling. No matter, like it's not gonna make me change my ways. I want to close the door every time I leave. You, I'm telling you that now, but I will still try my best, and that's the best that I can do. And I said, "Okay," and I understand that. And this is kind of a unique situation in that. I didn't, it, it involved the health of our family too. So, you know, like obviously mosquitoes are irritable, but if they're disease carrying, you really don't want them. So anyways, I was like, so then I said, well, what if, you, what can we do that's going to make you close it 99 out of a hundred times? And finally Sarah said, you know, we'll put up a sign on the sliding glass door that says close the door and. It'll be a visual reminder for me right. to, and so I, like, <laughs> to I, do I, it. But, now I know, but like, I can't say anything. Um, is that healthy? Like, is that a healthy resolution? Excellent. You know what? I think healthy is very individualized. It's what works for both of you. And it really depends what your goals are. Healthy means a safe place where in a relationship where you can both be real, authentic, honest, and vulnerable with each other. And it starts where where you feel right now. It could very well be that you get to a point later where you welcome the reminders because you're secure enough. You're, you're new. Well, you're new in your marriage. You're not new in your relationship, right? But it could be that you'll get to a point where your husband's reminders won't be a trigger in any way of a parental reminder. So healthy depends on where you are now in the relationship. And it also depends on what could be triggered from past relationships of family of origin stuff. So, you know, we were lucky enough to to be able to resolve this issue and, and come to a resolution that works for us. But what if our listeners are going through a similar situation and they can't find that resolution? Do you have any tools to guide them through managing the conflict and dealing with who's, who's right? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, my book addresses this question and we have an assessment in the back of the book. The book is called When Ice Cream is Not Enough. And it speaks to the idea that 
people tend to go for their ways of comforting themselves when they're feeling sad and they're feeling distanced in their relationship. And it's short-term comfort and it doesn't solve the problem. So anybody who wants to go beyond the ice cream or beyond the chocolate, when we go beneath the content and we ask ourselves, what's really going on here? What might remind, what might this remind us of? What are we feeling? What are our needs? Who can help us? And we can go through an assessment tool. Sometimes we're able to do it by ourselves and realize if we start from a calm brain. And sometimes we might need somebody else who could be that objective listener who can help us get there. Obviously, I have my own bias as to somebody who's trained in this and licensed in this can give an expert hand and guidance. But if I had to give one helpful tool, it would be to keep our eye on the goal and remember, we can all be dead right. Is that really what we want? And number two, it's rarely about the content. Because X can be the in-laws, X can be money, X can be, well, now uh, toothpaste, you know, don't have the caps that have to come off. And, you know, so there's one fight that can be resolved. But whatever X is, it's rarely about the content. It's about the patterns that we get ourselves into. That's such a powerful thing to be introspective. And we had a past guest on say that consciousness is a burden. And and I love that little quote, because it is hard to be introspective and be aware and to look deeper into what it is, why we feel like we're so right in the situation, or why we feel like we need to convey that to our partner to quote unquote, win. And, and it's, it's not easy work. And I think we both, because simply from doing this podcast and having conversations with, with people like yourself, we've grown more introspective and been able to, and we still have much to learn. It's obviously an ongoing process, but if you can just start by even maybe before I brought up, okay, close the door or you bring up that, that thing that you know might trigger some conflict, that, that you look deeper and, and try to figure out why you're bringing that up. And then if you're responding to it, if you can do the same, it's such an uh, important and powerful thing to do. Absolutely. In the back of my book, by the way, which is written in story format, so it's fun. You know, people have said to me, were you looking in our window? How do you know? Because they're so common and so real, these typical conflicts. But in the back, I have an assessment, which is called I Care. And that's an acronym for Internal Compassion and Relationship Enhancement. Because this all begins really with the relationship with ourselves. If we can be compassionate with ourselves and understanding ourselves and what we need, then we bring that whole piece of us into our relationships with others. Whereas if we're filled with shame or self-hate or perceptions that we're not lovable or something's wrong, then whenever somebody says something to us, we're looking through those lenses. Oh, 
So he doesn't think I'm responsible enough to close the door. Yeah. Hmm. Where have I heard that before? Right? So understanding that it starts with a place in ourselves and then it transcends to beyond ourselves. So if someone is with a partner and, and they're able themselves to be introspective, but they keep just butting heads with their partner when it comes to these arguments and the, the partner's just insisting they're right and, and it's not taking the time to be introspective. Are there any communication tools besides, you know, certainly talking to a therapist and a third party is, is going to be very valuable for them, but are there any communication tools or, or practices they can use to try to get their partner to open up a little bit more and, and, and do the work? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to start by saying what doesn't work. When somebody is in an escalated state and their nervous system is activated, whether it's a two-year-old that's tantruming or, uh, you know, up till any age, we can access our calm self. So that is not a good time to try to appeal to our partner's sensitivity or introspection or willingness to be flexible and let go of that need to be right. So at that point, waiting might be the most important tool and giving some perspective that can only happen from a calmer place. Once we're in that healthier place, just validating, starting with the feeling of validation, like it really seems important to you that I hear your side right now. Because you you have very strong feelings about this, and I want to understand more. Tell me again. I want to hear you. And give that message of caring. Before we're worried, I mean, think back to Kavi and to hear before being heard, right? That willingness to listen, to show that care. If there's one party who can't get there yet, then even if one can change those dance steps, it changes the entire conversation. And when that person feels heard, most probably there's going to be far less of a desperation to prove because there's a need underneath the desire to be right. And that need might be for importance, for love, for attention, for respect. And by listening, we're providing that core emotional need. Yeah, it's such a important thing to be able to do in controlling, not controlling the situation, but taking responsibility or taking it into your own hands that you're not helpless if your partner is not responding, that you can do something like validate their feelings and that alone can get them on the path to, to opening up. Because I think a lot of people in that situation might be just like metaphorically banging their head on the wall uh, because they, they seem to be getting nowhere. But the reality is, is that there are a lot of things you can still control. And I know just personally when Sarah and I are, talking about something, even if it's not conflict, but if she's validating my feelings, like I'm, maybe I'm venting about something with work. Don't, and this is kind of a different subject, but along the same lines of 
she doesn't need to fix it. I don't need her to try to fix my problem. I just want her to validate my feelings and say, you know, rather than, oh, you need to do this, this, and this to deal with this problem. It's like, oh man, that, that must be, that must feel terrible. Uh, I'm sorry you're dealing with that. And like, it's just so amazing how far that, that those simple words can go in, in making me feel better. So certainly when you're in an argument, and the other side is just being stubborn and maybe they just want to be heard and, and or feel like they're being heard they, and they're not right, but they just want to feel like someone is hearing them. And, and, uh, it's such a, such an important thing to do. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. I think validation is magic. It's magic for kids too. Yeah. It's magic in human in human relationships and that really speaks to what we are talking about because we all have emotional needs and there's a misconception out there that we only have needs for attachment when we're little and then we grow into this perceived state of independence. And I think the more research that's done, the more people will understand that no as long as we're alive, we have a need to feel that we matter, that we're important to somebody. And being right really means as its core, you respect me, you respect my thoughts, you respect my opinion. That's, that's all it is. And when we get that need, we don't need to be right as much. That's a beautiful way to put it, that it's not so much the importance of, of being right. Yeah, it's just like wanting to be heard and understood and and uh, obviously there's there's different mechanisms at play but I imagine that's a huge part of it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, going back to um not like waiting until the you and your partner are calm to continue the conversation, at what point do you decide to stop the conversation to begin with? Like, do you, do you have the conversation and then you realize that it's not going anywhere and then you just say, hey, we need to take a time out and come back to this later? Or do you try to get to a point maybe at the initial trigger where you realize, oh, I, I can see that this is going down the wrong path. I'm not even going to try to address it right now and I'm going to come back to it maybe later today when I know the situation will be more calm. Is there a certain route that you would recommend? Um, I think you'll get to know me and see that I don't do one size fits all because <laughs> we are we are all different and every couple's relationship is different. What I would say is that some people take longer to calm down than other people. It's the way they're wired. Some people are quick to anger and quick to be appeased. And other people take a long time to get upset. But boy, oh boy, when they get upset, you better let them sleep on it and don't even come near them until they're ready. It's about knowing yourself and knowing your partner and what's going to be the more productive route. And I would say the person who is more calm at the moment has the presence of mind to make that call better than the person who's already in a state of high-level nervous system activation, because at that point, they can't see reason. With kids, we call it they can't access their upstairs brain. And again, it's true of kids of all ages. So going back to your question, Sarah, I think 
as long as we see that the conversation is escalating and turning into a fight and turning into something hurtful, that's a time for the person who's feeling calmer at that moment to say, you know what, not in a mean way, not in a stonewalling way, not like, okay, you're impossible to talk to, there's nobody home, I don't know why I bother, but in a way when the person is still calm to say, you know what, I think we would do better giving ourselves time to cool down and come back to this. You know, why, why don't we why don't we try again later or tomorrow? Let me know when's a better time. Because I don't want to fight with you. I love you. That's that's not what I want. You know, and it's okay to need time. So it's not about stonewalling and it's not about abandonment and it's not about triggering other things. It's about respecting a person's need to calm down. Well, Ellen, these are all really important, great tools. And like I said, if you are listening to this, you are a human and you likely been in a situation, I can almost guarantee, right, uh, where you think you're right or your partner is doing the same and they're right. And it can be incredibly toxic to a relationship if you're not navigating that with tools that we've gone over today. So thank you for for giving us these great tools. I know the next time Sarah leaves the sliding glass door open, <laughs> we have hopefully she doesn't because she'll read the sign. But uh but we will we will employ these um again and and even better than we did last time. So thank you for that. And now we gotta go forward to the lasting love round. But first we want to tell you about our sponsor RX Bar. When I heard that RX Bar was sponsoring the podcast, I was very excited because I'm pretty much obsessed with these things. I was looking for bars, I think it was last year, and I found RX Bars, the chocolate with sea salt. That's my favorite. And I absolutely love them. And almost most importantly, they're made with 100% whole ingredients and they have protein in them because we try to eat healthy and they don't have fillers, additives, chemicals, or added sugar. So not only do they taste great, but they don't have all of that bad stuff that you find in other bars. All the junk. All the and junk. And they just came out with a kid's version. So RX Bar Kids and our daughter, which... Our daughter, Stella, she's two. She loves eating yours. And so she's going to be super excited to be able to have her own bars now. And they come in three flavors, which I know you're going to love because you're a chocolate lover. But they have chocolate chip, apple, cinnamon, raisin, and berry blast. And they're great for any occasion, especially for us. When we're going to the beach, we just throw a bar into the stroller and we're ready to go. Yeah, I'm not sharing my bars with <laughs> Stella anymore. She can't have them. She's got to eat her RX bars kids now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you can get RX bars at Target stores or you can go online to their website and get 25% off your first order. And their website is rxbar.com forward slash I do. And if you enter the promo code I do, you can get that 25% off. That's rxbar.com forward slash I do. Today's show is also brought to you by the book Lovelands. 
Lovelands, which is written by a past guest on our show and psychologist Dr. Deborah Campbell, is an easy-to-read guide to creating the relationship in life you most deeply desire. If you've ever wondered why you keep struggling with love and want to make lasting change for the better, Lovelands will show you how to make that change, not just in your relationship, but in every area of your life. I'm deep in the middle of the book right now, and it's eye-opening. Deborah's wisdom from her own love mistakes, as well as her client struggles, has helped me examine myself and has allowed me to become even more aware of the reasons I get defensive or have poor communication or continue unhelpful patterns. Deborah really just tackles what's at the core of diverse relationship problems and simply tells us what helps and what doesn't. Lovelands is available in hardcover on Amazon and audible.com. Visit idopodcast.com forward slash Lovelands to buy your copy today. That's idopodcast.com forward slash Lovelands. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Absolutely. Uh, It's so hard to pick just one tool that your listeners can have. I guess if I have to pick my favorite, it's understanding that the root of love is really give. And the Hebrew word actually comes from that root of giving. Often we think, well, wait till we feel in the mood. And when we feel in love or we feel loving, then we'll do a kind act that expresses that love. I think if we look at giving as the root, and if both people are focusing on how they could give to the other person, then the quality of the relationship is not going to be a measuring stick of who gets more and what they're feeling, but it's going to be that the love that the acts of giving produce more feelings of love. Is there a book or resource you could recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship? Absolutely. So I did mention my book, and I'm going to mention it once more if I may, and then I'm going to give you two other titles. So my book is When Ice Cream is Not Enough, and it's available on Amazon, and I would be thrilled if your listeners would get it and would give a review as well, trying to publicize it out there. And then there's two other very well-known books by relationship masters. One is by Gottman, which is called Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And he is an expert in producing what he calls who's going to be the masters of relationship and who's going to be disasters. And then there's another book by an expert marriage therapist. She Sue Johnson is the founder of excuse me, Emotionally Focused Couples Therapy, Sue Johnson, and a book that I recommend for your listeners is called Hold Me Tight. And of course, that means physically and emotionally. Excellent. Well, we'll have your book as well as uh, the other two books on our show notes page on um, idopodcast.com. Like, uh, you're welcome. Like we mentioned earlier, we've been married for... Uh, three years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds? Absolutely. The more whole that you get in yourself, then 
the more mature your loving relationship becomes because it's impossible to work on a relationship without working on the self in the relationship. And so when you are being honest and authentic and self-aware and noting what your expectations are, then the love can only grow. And just as an old lady speaking from a perspective of 35 years of marriage, having children and grandchildren, it's, it's a mature, beautiful love where you know that person is always there for you and you can come in and share your day, the good, the bad, the ugly, the fun, the moody, all of the above. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? That's good fun. Actually, in our community over here, I am a matchmaker, and to date I have been privileged to set up over 50 couples from first date to the wedding canopy. Wow. So I I happen to love that work. And I would say to single listeners, again, work with yourself, know who you are, and know what are your most important values that you want to share in a life's partner? So, so many people make it fun to date, whether it might be whatever it is, a common love of tennis or a common love of skiing, you name it. But if a person has an ugly temper, if a person can never admit being wrong, if a person has a problem apologizing, if a person is narcissistic, then it might be fun to go dating and go to a ski slope, but marriage in a long-term relationship is going to be torturous. So to keep in mind your long-term goal of what your values are in a relationship and and work on finding compatibility there. With those matchmaking credentials, I thought you were going to say they should get in touch with you. You know, you could see them. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe, maybe they are welcome to get in touch with me. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, that's a nice segue into finishing up here. If you could tell our listeners where they can find you online, and then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely. So my website, I presume you're asking me for it, is called a window within.net. That is a window within.net. And they could email me at a window within at gmail.com as well. And I would love to hear. Excellent. Well, all of those links will be on your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. And we appreciate you for coming on the show. And thank you so much for all the knowledge you've shared. And thank you so much. It was really a pleasure speaking to both of you. And I wish you continued growth together in your marriage and a lot of happiness and very few mosquito bites. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. As always, you can find the links from today's show on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on the website, we encourage that you check out some of the free resources that we've created for you guys. One of those is the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge. And we send you a email every day for 14 days with doable challenges to help strengthen and make your relationship even better. And we've also created cheat sheets and workbooks for your relationship. And you can find all of those on our website. And lastly, our Facebook 
group, which is the Love Tribe. We encourage all of you guys to join our group there as well. And if you ever have any topic suggestions or ideas for the podcast, please send them our way. You can email us at info at idopodcast.com and we would love to hear from you guys. And we hope you enjoyed today's show.